Hello, and you're listening to FP Cast, the podcast for frivolous pursuits where we bullshit about the week or last few weeks in popular culture. I am Luke. And I'm just into. Ghost! You're just gonna get it like oh, and do the w- joke over and over again and until this it week gets we're funny. talking about it wasn't done on the show, it wasn't done on the recording. Oh, okay, so you just need to do it like a couple more times. No, I, like I did it once when you came in, and now <laughs> this is the magic of the recording, it's ah, the first time for the listeners. Ah, and they're like, Jacinta, who's Jacinta? It's been so long. Mm. Ah, of course. So that's you, it. So you workshop the joke. You tried it on your test audience. The test audience was not receptive to the joke, and you just went, "Oh, you're not my do test. Anyway. You're not my test audience." And two, a lot of them thought you were dead. Okay. So well, they might have been. I mean, I'm not not dead. They might have been a little bit spooked mm. to hear your voice again. Okay. And with the trailer for. My most anticipated film yeah. of the next year coming out, Scoop. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I'm like, no, I haven't. <laughs> I also haven't. Wow. Well, yeah. I've seen pictures. Oh, yeah. I've that seen was enough. Pictures, yeah. That was enough. I've seen pictures. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it's going to stack up against uh, my most anticipated movie of 2000. And- uh, 20, a uh, Rebel Wilson's K-pop movie. Oh, yeah, well, that's right up your alley. Which is going to be uh, very sensitively handled, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. Like, zero racial stereotypes or, like, pop music fandom stereotypes. None of them. It's going to be very well handled, I'm sure. And Rebel Wilson's going to fall off a table. Well, if uh, Gwen Stefani... <laughs> Gwen Stefani. Stef- Stefani. Stefani. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, let's use her. I was thinking about uh, Gwen Stefani, who um, used to work down uh, the, the pub just across oh, the road yeah, here. Oh, yeah, okay. But, um, no, Gwen Stefani's even better. Mm. If Gwen Stefani can become a... Um, Harajuku girl. Harajuku mm. girl. Well, I feel like Gwen Stefani didn't technically become a Harajuku girl. She just had a Harajuku girl pets. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think Rebel Wilson will become a Korean pop star. Well, she's not actually in it. She might be. Mm. Well, I mean, she'll probably be in it somewhere, but she's, like, writing and producing it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, better than um, Gwen Stefani's minstrel show that I was going to mm. talk about down at yeah. the pub. But anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. Great. Ooh. Look, just it's so smoothly just back in like we never left. <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm not any less cranky than I was before yeah, I yeah. left either. You were like, uh, <laughs> I can breathe now, but I'm uh, still as cranky as ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept thinking, oh, it's all right. There's light at the end of the tunnel. When, when you come back, you'll be uh, uh, ball energy, mm. sunshine, positivity. But, wow. uh, I guess not. Uh, that's all right. That's that's the um, that's the dynamic. That's the chocolate and peanut butter that we've got going on here. Mm. In this, all up in this Reese's piece. Mm. Uh, so, pretty loose show, as you might have guessed, because we just got a lot of catch up 
to do. Mm. We haven't um, gone and seen uh, movies together for a little while, obviously, because you've been uh, recuperating after your surgery. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been watching a lot of TV, playing video games, and um, there's a couple of films that uh, I've seen you haven't and vice versa mm. uh, worth talking about today. Uh, that would include Terminator Dark Fate. I went to the preview of that for Disney. I know it's been out for a while, but I owe them a review, and uh, it is a movie that I really enjoyed. Um, I saw Color Out of Space, which people might not know about. I'd like to tell people about that, because that was an excellent movie. Uh, you saw Last Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw Noel on Disney+. Plus. And then, of course, there's uh, some new TV with all the various new competing uh, services like Disney+, Plus, Apple... TV Plus, mm. and then, uh, yeah, just some, some stuff that I've uh, been doing, sort of bumming around, so mm. nice, loose, casual chat about uh, things. Yeah. Do we want to just just start ticking off this list? I reckon. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, let me talk about Terminator Dark Fate. I mean, I went into this with really quite uh, low expectations. Went to a, this preview screening with um, Lizzie from The Book Was Better, who did all the Terminator movies with me, Mm -hmm. and was um, really pleasantly surprised that even from the very opening moments of this film, it felt very much like a sequel to Mm -hmm. T2, and uh, a worthy sequel to T2. So, I love this idea that you can just uh, fuck off all the movies that you don't like and just cherry pick and then start a sequel to wherever you want. Mm. And this was a, a great sequel to, to T3. And it was a um, very, uh, like, action-packed, um, fun, funny, one of the funniest movies, one of the best uses of Schwarzenegger that I've seen. But also a very strong, enjoyable female cast that's really about these, like, three women who aren't particularly getting along either. Mm. Uh, some great insulting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on this mission. And it's so um, powerfully female. They even have an action sequence in front of a wall of Tampax at one point, mm, okay. uh, which I thought was pretty amazing. Mm. Well, it's so couple of blood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. New Terminator's great. And uh, Mackenzie Davis mm-hmm. is uh, awesome. She's got the big guns. I, I mean, muscles. And uh, she probably has big guns at mm-hmm. some point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was really great. So, it's, I know it's a little bit late in the run now, um, but if it's still on in the movies and you got a bit of a, a quiet patch and you, you were keen and you were holding off, uh, I do recommend it. I think it was uh, really uh, good, entertaining fun. And I know, like, there's always going to be someone who's like, oh, yeah, but what about when, or, yeah, but the... the I'm like, but just don't cheat yourself out of a good time. Just have fun. It's a great popcorn movie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Really, really, really pleasantly surprised. Uh, we both came out of it buzzing, and it was the Steve Terminator movie, because we always call Terminator Steve Terminator. It was the Steve Terminator movie that uh, we all deserved. And it, and it washed away the, the bitter taste of some of those other ones. And somewhere, Sam Worthington and Christian Bale are having a beer and a bit of a cry on each other's shoulders, I reckon. And Jack Courtney. Uh, Wasn't Jack Courtney in the last one? I think Jai Courtney was in... Oh, there was the Amelia Clark as Sarah oh, Connor. Oh, yeah, one. yeah. That was a lot. That was the that Matt was Dr- Smith. And Matt Smith, yeah. yeah. Oh. I've only got very vague memories of that. Yeah. It was, a, it was all a bit of a muddle. Mm. So they keep trying... I think that's why... I mean, expectations had to be low. Not just because there's been a run of mediocre movies, but because they always act when a new movie's coming out, like they've cracked the formula again. Yeah. They're always like, oh, we know we got no, it wrong. No, we've put celebrities in this one. Yeah, but we figured it out. This one's going to be good. This is what you wanted. We put Schwarzenegger <clears throat> back, etc. And it never works. Yeah. Uh, but this one worked. And, and the great thing about 
Schwarzenegger. I said it was one of the best uses of Schwarzenegger. Is remember in the Amelia Clark one in the trailers and everything, he's pulling all these faces that a generous editor would not allow in the movie, let alone mm. in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Like he's just hamming it up. He's doing all these over the top things, and mm. they think that's what makes him funny. Mm. In this one. He's totally understated, deadpan, emotionless robot. Mm. But he's a deadpan, emotionless robot while saying some of the funniest lines they've ever given him. And that really mm. works. He doesn't mm. need to be, like, hamming it up like he's in a pantomime and winking and nudging at the audience and, and pulling crazy faces. He just needs... I mean, that's why he was cast originally. He's just a fucking robot. Just let him be deadpan, straight face, big muscular guy, but, but give him funny lines. Mm. Mm, perfection. Gold. Love it. Recommend. Uh, so that was that. And um, Colour Out of Space. Have you heard of this? Mm, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was about. Yeah, I hadn't heard about it until um, Zach and Paris came over for Drongos, and then they were like, oh, well, can we do it earlier? Because we're going to go see the new Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, okay, yeah, now. And yes, I was like, oh, yes, okay. And then um, they were like, do you want to come? And I was like, I don't, well, what is it? And they said, colour out of space. And I looked at the poster, and the poster is this wonderfully um, trippy, hyper-colour, weirdness, spoopy poster with um, all this bright colour in the sky. Um, and it's based on a HP Lovecraft story, which has actually been adapted into film a, a few times before. And uh, about Nicolas Cage and his family, they like live in the woods and um, basically a colour comes out of the sky, comes out of space in the mm -hmm. form of an asteroid, this sort of um, hot pink kind of colour and it starts to infect everything around them and, and mutate it and change it. It's, it's got a lot of shades of annihilation actually. Mm -hmm. um, and they all go a bit bonkers, which is... Uh, <laughs> Fun for the cage. Perfect for cage. <laughs> I mean, if you want a, someone who's playing a... An intense dad who then mm. uh, goes into a bonkers it's infected dad by pink because mm. the color pink is uh, fucking mm. with him. Then um, I thought this was just an amazing movie. I mean, great to see in the cinema. It was so atmospheric. It's mm. beautifully, beautifully uh, shot. Oh, and it's Elijah Wood's production company. Okay, yeah, cool. So they did Mandy with Nicolas mm. Cage, and I was hoping that I would sort of go into this coming away with that same sort of vibe where I went like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Mm. That was really surprising. And I did. Yeah, it was, it was, it was thoroughly good. Mm. Right, really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend that. And it's uh, one of those amazing things where you go, oh, shit, like, for all these horror movies that go, here's spooky children and here's long fingernails and here's this and this, it's like, the colour pink was one of the most, like, amazing horror villains I've seen this year. Mm. Yeah. Like, he's more effective than a scary clown almost. So, yeah, really good. <laughs> really good stuff. Um, I, I can't remember the director's name. I don't have it in front of me, but... When we heard about the, the director, it said um, that he hadn't done a film for decades, and this was his return. And um, I had to look him up because I thought, well, this is such a triumphant return. Like, it's such a well-put-together movie. And it turns out he's the guy that did a film called, which if you ever were roaming around video stores in the, I think in the 90s, hardware about a sort of robot cyborg-y thing. It was like a... British sort of independent thing. Hmm. But he got the job to do The Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, the Val Kilmore one. Yeah. Oh. 
And there's a documentary about it mm. and about what a fucking crazy shit show mm. that was, which was filmed in um, Queensland, I think. Mm. And uh, I think somewhere in Australia. It might have been to Marlins, but I think it was up in Queensland. And he did not get along with uh, Brando. And he ended up getting, I don't know what order of events, but he got fired and disappeared and went and lived in the wilds. Okay. For a while. Mm-hmm. And then he snuck back as a masked extra. Okay. So, like, he was the director that went feral and roamed off and then came back and hid himself on the set yeah. of this film. Uh, so, clearly... Sounds like everyone in that cast was having a real normal one. A genius. Mm. Absolutely genius. Fucking loved it. So, I definitely recommend that. That's called Colour Out of Space. Uh, we saw it as part of the Fangoria Monster Fest uh, touring uh, festival. So, I, it didn't get a mainstream release. It only played in cinemas uh, one night here. But I just, like... It's kind of tragic that stuff like... You know, scary stories to talk in the dark, uh, tell in the dark gets a mainstream release and then this doesn't because uh, it was one of the better movies I've seen. Loved it. And uh, so tell me about Let's completely switch gears. They were the spoopy Halloween leftovers. Mm. And uh, although November is a little bit early for Christmas films. It is. It is legally too early for Christmas films. Yeah, in fact, I'm shocked that... Because I started watching Night Before Christmas mm. last night on Netflix with a K, uh, Hudgens and a Night, a medieval night. And uh, I said, you know, I messaged you and said, are you watching this? Because I thought, gosh, you must be. And uh, what did you say? I said, I will watch it on Sunday the 1st of December when I'm legally allowed to watch Christmas movies. Which is killing me because this movie was like, like the AI made a movie specifically for me. The algorithm got it right. Yeah, so look, I might, I might crack early, but I'm gonna try not to. You know, it's there'll November. be lots of other Christmas movies though. We're right at the tail end. Oh, I know, I know. There's like, going to be Christmas lots of Prince other stuff here to watch. Or whatever. Yeah, the crowning. Yep. Because uh, he's having a baby. Yep. Uh, just watch it. Just watch it. No, I can't. I'm not. It's like it's not festive yet. Uh, anyway, so I, 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 that's like. Someone going, oh, I, you're like jumping through hoops like it's a religion. Well, I mean, it kind of is. Like, oh, I can't eat fish or I can't do this. Or, like, life's not hard enough already. Just fucking do the things. I don't eat red meat on Good Friday either. Um, so last Christmas, which I saw in November because that's when it was released and I wasn't given a choice. Fucking movie. Um, is Amelia Clark. She works in a Christmas shop. She's a bit of a, a, a loser. She can't do anything right. She meets Henry Golding, very handsome man, and, you know, gets taught the meaning of Christmas or fucking whatever. So, if you have seen the trailer for this movie... Which says it's based on the song. Yeah, there's a lot of George Michael music in this, which is great, you know. I, I really like George Michael, but it's not, you know, it's not the level of... Uh, Rocket Man integrations just on jukeboxes and shit. Um, if you have seen the trailer and have, uh, you know, what a, uh, interpretive thought, you will probably have worked out what the twist in this thing is. Um, the lyrics of the song are Last Christmas, you gave me your heart the very next no, day. No, I gave you my I heart. I gave you my heart the very next the very day. Next day you, it you was, gave it away. It was on eBay. Yes. Uh, so look, if look if you don't want to be spoiled, then just turn off for the next like a minute or whatever. But really, 
everyone knows how this ends. So she meets Henry Golding, who is very handsome and wonderful, but, like, won't give her his phone number and won't, like, you know, just kind of goes, oh, well, I'll meet you here and is not contactable and stuff, which is, like, such a huge red flag. She should have, like, run does, away anyway. Does anybody else talk to him in the film? No, they do not. That, that sounds some sixth sense worries for me straight yeah. away. And I mean, even, like, even in the trailer, it was no one talked to him and it was very obvious. So, uh, yes, it does obviously come out eventually that he was a donor for her heart. Oh, you're saying that last Christmas yeah. he gave her his heart? Yes. Yeah. So... And did she give it away metaphorically by, like, not embracing the spirit of Christmas? No, that's, like, not really addressed particularly. She didn't, she didn't give it away? <laughs> no, not really. No, no. Um, well, she kind of gave it back to him and then realised that he didn't exist. So it's, that was a shame for her. It was, uh, like, it was... This is a tricky one because, like, it's not good. Like, it's not a good movie. It's not even a particularly well-written movie. It was written by Emma Thompson, who I expected far better from. It's directed by Paul Fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's a nice-looking movie. It's not awful. Like, if this was something that had come up on Netflix that I did not have to go to a cinema and pay money for, I would have really enjoyed it. But it just... Uh, yeah, the, the jokes didn't really land a lot, and Amelia Clark was, like, cute in it, but her character, like, she's a bit of a fucking dickhead. <laughs> and, like, even Henry Golding is a bit, like, you know... <laughs> There's your poster pull quote. Uh, last Christmas, Amelia Clark, cute, but a bit of a fucking dickhead. Well, like... Just into frivolous pursuits. It's not incorrect. It, like, it's not completely unredeemable either. There are nice, There are some really nice moments. The supporting cast is quite good. Like, Michelle Yeoh is in it as well. Yo, Yo, And um, even though you know the moment is coming, that eventually this reveal is going to happen, the moment isn't without impact. It's actually quite a nice, sort of well-acted moment within a movie that is otherwise a bit of nonsense. So, it, I think I gave it two and a half or something. Like, it was just so... I wanted so much more for this good cast. I expected so much more from this director and this writer that it just... I don't know. There was so much potential and it just really fell flat for me. Well, what other Christmas songs do you think could be adapted into full-length feature movies? I don't know. It's quite easy when you think about it. Like, uh, just even like a random one, like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Mm. You make a film, it's called Hark. Mm. Uh, the angels are going to witness Jesus's birth, mm -hmm. but uh-oh, Anna Kendrick is kind of a sloppy angel, oh. and she never listens. So it's kind of like pitch perfect, but just like angels. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, what about I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas? I mean, like, why not, isn't there a movie on that? I'm not familiar with that one. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, I don't think any animal will do. It's something, it's something, and mm. he's got mud, and he likes to roll around, and he's my butt. <laughs> That's not quite how Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but no, look at That's it. why there's not a Christmas no, movie. No, that would it. be great. Oh, what? Isn't Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer or something like that? Why isn't that a Christmas movie? What fucking Christmas songs are you listening to? These are all American Christmas songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, if they're not on Channel 9's Carols by Candlelight... They're not for me. No, I say Christmas songs. They're not really carols, but they are Christmas songs. Mm. I saw Mommy it's Kissing like Santa's Balls. Run Run Rudolph by 90s pop band Hanson. 
No, actually, no. That was by the East Street Band, you I think. You should be stripped of your credentials. What? Your crazy pop band mm. credentials. Well, I did I did correct myself. I believe it was a Bruce Springsteen and the uh, East Street Band song, oh. originally, oh. perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did erect myself. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, last Christmas, not good. Watch it once, a, once it's on streaming, if you desperately need to. Like, the cast, the cast is so charming, and I like them, but the movie is so shit. It's done really well at the box office, though. Ah. So weird. But people trying to decipher what it could possibly be about. Oh, I know. Bless, some of my friend, my friend messaged me, and she said, oh, I didn't see it coming, and I cried. I'm like, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> it's spelled out a billion times in the trailer. <laughs> like, honestly, in the trailer, if they just fucking took out the bit where she's clearly in hospital with some extremely serious condition, you could kind <laughs> of go... Okay, maybe. And that's it, because a, 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 a like Christmas comedy doesn't normally have the person in like hospital in a, with a serious <laughs> condition, unless it's a big clue to what's happening. Yeah. It's just yeah. like um, like any movie, TV show you're watching and a character coughs, you're like, yeah, yeah I give him 15. I'm not a doctor, but I give him 15 to 15 minutes. <laughs> I've got consumption. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I saw Noel, speaking of Anna Kendrick and Christmas movies. Mm. Uh, great cast again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Uh, this is a Disney Plus exclusive mm. Christmas movie, and um, it's someone uh, described it on Letterboxd as if the Santa Claus and Elf had a baby. I would go further and say, and that baby had some problems, <laughs> like when it was born. Uh-huh, it didn't get enough oxygen It wasn't a out. normal baby. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, there, there's some, some uh, mild spoilers here, but if you're watching this, I don't think you're watching it to have some uh, twists and stuff. And this is all very early. This is the premise, essentially. Mm. Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader are Santa's children. Mm-hmm. And Santa's, he's a jolly old uh, soul. Mm-hmm. And um, then he dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so the big jolly bearded Santa dies. We don't see him die. It's not like uh, he falls off the roof like Santa Claus or anything. He dies of, like, a heart attack or something. <laughs> He's <laughs> just hitting too many mince pies. Diabetes or something like that. <laughs> Complications. I don't know. He just he dies. He's not even that old. Um, but, yeah, he dies... So, naturally, Bill Hader now has to become Santa Claus. Mm. So you think, oh, that'll be fun, watching Bill Hader become Santa Claus. Not really, because he ditches it. He disappears Mm -hmm. for most of the movie. So, Anna Kendrick, as his sister and as a sort of organiser, and because she suggested that he should Mm. have a little break, Christmas is looming and the responsibility is on her to... uh, a woman having to pick up after a man. Yeah, get yeah okay. All yeah, back I see together this. And, and put Christmas. So wait, together. her name's Noel. Is his name Noel? I can't remember. No. Oh, his name's. Um, let's just say Barry. That's the, <laughs> that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Let's say Barry. Okay. Uh, Barry Claus. Barry Claus, yeah. Barry. Can you say he walks into. Quietly pokes his head down chimneys and goes, Merry Christmas, boys and girls. <laughs> I want to wish you all a very merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's better than the actual movie. Uh, which is, 
Um, schmaltzy Disney taking a stab at Hallmark. Uh, got some weird moments and um, some really janky CGI mm. and some jokes that just don't work. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's kind of disappointing because. Um, you know, when I actually, I think I saw a poster for it ages ago. I didn't realize it was a Disney Plus thing and thought it was an actual Christmas movie that would be in cinemas with Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick and that it might be funny. Mm. But no, it's not. Sadly not. No, no. it's like a hallmarky thing. Yeah. Um, every, every Christmas I am looking for a Christmas movie that may overtake the spirit of Christmas as my favorite yearly rewatch, but it does not sound like Noel is going to be it. Uh, you know, look, you might get some fun out of just the fact that it is a you know, janky Christmas movie. Mm. But, um... There's so many of them, though. Yeah, and disappointing with that cast that uh, it wasn't the opportunity to do something better. And you just think, like, Bill Hader's a smart, cynical guy. He must fucking hate this thing. Mmm. Yeah. Like, surely you can't read a script and go, I'm sure it's going to be better once it's filmed. No, he just got paid, I'm sure. And maybe hoping that it would, uh, part the way for more Disney-related mm. Disney Plus yeah, things. Maybe. Get him into Star Wars or something. They own now, anyway. Uh, speaking of which, Mandalorian was the big thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Three. Have you watched the third? I have watched the third. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think it's on a really, really nice track. Uh, I do think they've cracked it. I think um, it was interesting. I was watching that first episode, which really felt, for most part, uh, it was a western, mm. very clearly. Uh, I didn't love the the very opening. I thought that the mm. the guy he captured was quite Star Trekky in he in his like yeah. look and manner. Yeah. Uh, and then you sort of went through a lot of the Western motions, and you went, okay. It, it felt like if I'd sat down and said, all right, do the Mandalorian. It's a Western, and I went, mm, okay. And well, he does. A, he captures a guy, and he rides a horse, and he mm. gets a job. You know, mm. it was just all the box ticking. Mm. Like, it, it looked great, but I, I didn't kind of know where it was going. But then, of course, that final twist showed that uh, Filoni and Favreau and everyone had something uh, much more interesting up their sleeve. Mm. And that final twist has been the, the meat of this series now. Mm. Like, that's the heart and the core of it. And then... Um, you know, you got some really fun action sequences and monsters and mm. ships and classic yeah. characters, but it's really about this uh, unexpected relationship. Mm. Yeah, I think I probably enjoyed the second episode the most out of the three of them. Um, the third I found myself watching yesterday and not being quite as uh, quite as engaged as the other two. Perhaps there was a few there was a few nice moments, but it felt like an inevitable. Yeah, it was a necessary bit of story. Yeah, it was was a very inevitable thing, and I didn't feel like there was kind of that, ooh, okay, moment that maybe there was in the other two. But, you know, it's got to happen. Half an hour is a weird weird sort of time frame, really. Well, kind of varied. Like, that one's 38 or 39 minutes, I think. It's kind of strange. But um, that one did have a fantastic core to it, I think. I mean, in terms of the visuals and stuff, it, it was a bit of a retread of mm. episode one almost. So, mm. Like it was going, like in a video game where you go through a level and then you go backwards you go back to, through the yeah. level. It was a bit like that. But that, except with the exception of the ending, which gives you the sort of little action scene burst. Um, yeah. But the, the best thing for me in that, and I won't spoil it, but I'm going to mime it, mm. is the 
the, the, the realization. Yeah. And yeah, then, that that was the best moment in the whole thing, which is like And then that ending of like really showed us something of the yeah. character with the Yeah, yeah. I actually found and I know a lot of people have been really praising that end action sequence. I found it a bit kind of it was fine because I felt like the group that came to help him I felt like they have now experienced a huge inconvenience that perhaps they didn't really need to oh they have I think but, um, he, he acknowledges that too yeah but he says he says, oh no he yeah he says that to them but I'm sure it may well be revealed later on like why why they would necessarily bother well they're, they're the like most fucking honorable group together all for one kind of group I think that makes uh, sense within the law yeah yeah, mm. yeah, and he was, um, and he was—he's a good dude. Like, like everyone's watched this, right? But it would still be vague. But um, you know, he was donating things to future generation too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I think that like, that he, is, you know, his whole involvement with everything. Yeah, I mean that's the whole reason why I don't think no one's questioning why he's helping. The kid, I guess, because he's set up that he has that he values that next generation kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they were put in a, a really tough situation, but decided it was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like I do think they he put him in a shitty situation, and that's mm. why you have that tension before. Mm. And um, it is massive inconvenience for them, mm. but they've decided that that was the right thing to do. That he mm. was doing it for the right reasons. Mm. Unlike a lot of bachelor contestants. Yeah. Who aren't doing it for the right reasons, but claim they are. Mm. Yeah. Did you watch... You didn't watch any of the last season of The nah. Bachelor? No. 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 Nah. I watched... I watched enough. <laughs> anyway, I think it's... Yeah. I think it's... Um, I mean, it's a really good. It's an enjoyable show. I look forward to it each week. I think it'll be a sort of interesting, like, a extra movie once you piece it all together. Yeah. And, uh... But also, want to just. You it's know, a shame to keep pass- Pedro all covered up, though. Oh, well, you never know. I mean, maybe. I mean, they do keep pissing on about how the Mandalorians never take their helmet yeah. off, so maybe that'll be the big thing at the end. I don't feel bad for him, though. He seems like he's having a great time. Mm, his voice sounds really good. I love it when he. Uh, yeah. No, I, I haven't really thought about it since the second episode, actually. Mm. But uh, I've enjoyed it more when, like, at the beginning, he comes through and it's like. That thing where you're sort of being told someone is badass, mm. but then when he starts to lose his cool and argue with IG-11, or when he just, yeah. like, gets the fuckers beaten out of him... When he falls off in the, the second one, <laughs> yeah. And he suddenly becomes more of this, like, first diehard John McClane kind of just keep getting the shit beaten out of you, but keep going yeah, kind of guy. That bit, was more appealing. The bit where he falls off the Jawa tank, that was sort of the bit where I was like, oh, okay, this is... This is the sort of character that I enjoy. Yeah. Like, the real kind of, oh, for fuck's sakes, why am I being so constantly inconvenienced by this shit? Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. you find that very relatable. Like yeah. That. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the only thing I say about it, though, is is that just because of the nature of fandom, then we mm. start getting that hyperbole of posts like, can we all agree that this is much better than anything that's been done in mm. the movie and all that sort I of mean, stuff? I mean, it's not. Like, it's so small compared to, like, a lot of the other stuff, you like, know? And, like, it's not a bad thing that it's small, but it is small. It, and it's, it's flavours, right? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different flavours out there. Mm. Can you imagine, like, you don't want to be that guy that has an orange for the first time mm. and then posts on the, all the Apple forums going, 
Uh, I don't. We can't. We all agree that we wish apples were oranges. Mm. Like, I kind of mm. like the fact that I can have an apple or an orange. Mm. The only person I think can be like genuinely annoyed by it is like whoever initially came up with the idea for Baby Groot. You reckon? Yeah. Well, not because I think it's been ripped off. It's just because I think that it's like been it's been surpassed significantly. Yeah. yeah. And if we can't get a uh, toy one for Christmas, mm. look out. And you know the shitty thing? Like, I'd seen pictures of the thing, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's cute, I guess. But I was like, you know what? I don't need to be... Like, I'm smart enough to not be manipulated by stuff like that. Like, I know, you know... It, like cuteness. It, the cuteness. Like, the, the, it's just the, the so... Merchandising. The, yeah, exactly. Like, they want to make toys of this thing, you know, and it's meant to be there to pull on your heartstrings or whatever, and... Um, but like the second I saw that little motherfucking thing, I was just like, I would protect this thing with my life. Like it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And in that third episode where it's going, this little ears are flapping. Oh, it's little flappy ears. Fuck's sakes. Fuck's sakes. It's so uh, annoying. It's, it, it made Werner Herzog cry. And, yeah. he, and he's a tough, <laughs> tough motherfucker. In, um, in Jack Reacher, when he's telling that guy to eat his own fingers. Mm-hmm. That's behind-the-scenes footage. Mm. Like he was improvising, mm. and that happened. Yeah. So the fact that it brought tears to his eyes, mm. holy shit. Mm. It's, a pure, it's a very pure being. It is. Uh, I also got Apple Plus. Okay. I thought I'd give that a shot. Uh, I watched Dickinson. I've been getting a lot of ads for Dickinson. I feel like I would enjoy it, but I'm not getting Apple Plus to watch it. It's good. I don't think it's like one of my favourite things ever, but it's very enjoyable Mm. to watch. And we're talking about uh, Emily Dickinson, played by Hayley Steinfeld, with a really sort of um, modern twist to it. Like, Mm. it's the... Dry dry sort of comedy. Like, I saw the scenes where she's talking about a funeral and stuff like that. Just, I mean, an example of a scene just to give people the feel. Best example I can think of is she, you know, thinks about and fantasizes about death a lot. Mm. And death pulls up to visit her at night in a um, carriage with these two spiritual see-through blue horses. Mm Mm-hmm. And she comes out in a red dress and gets in the carriage and has conversations with him. And Billie mm-hmm. Eilish plays, and oh. Death is a um, like rapper guy with a big black top hat and sunglasses and tattoos all over his neck and yeah. lots of rings and stuff. And and they use um, Billie Eilish is used a few times actually mm. throughout it. Um, Jason Manzukas <laughs> voices a bee that she okay. talks to, like his right. big bee puppet. Okay. That she sees occasionally. Well, that's interesting, because I did not get any of those vibes from the trailer. She, uh, there's, like, one episode which is about, like, a house party they throw and the parents away, and everybody uh, okay. kind of has opium and goes a bit nuts. Right. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I quite enjoyed, um, Dickinson, and, uh, and I enjoy Hayley Steinfeld. Mm. I look forward to... I know. ...a, um... What about this? She'll have so much time for more movies and stuff once she graduates high school. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what about this? She's like 22 or 3 oh, or something. Is she? Is she? I think so. Mm. I want to see a reboot of Seinfeld. But no, it's, no. <laughs> but it's, no. But it's Steinfeld. Oh. And Jerry's dead and all the other cast are back. Oh, Kramer? <laughs> Except for Kramer. <laughs> 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 No, it's, uh, they weren't very diverse, so it's a new black neighbour. Okay. Which is played by Kramer. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, no, Kramer ruined that for everybody. I he? know, like, every, like it plays reruns heaps on TV, uh, and I watch it, and I'm like, ugh. This guy. Fuck this, this guy up. again. <laughs> Look, people who think that Kramer was the best character anyway totally have it wrong. George was the best character. Yeah, I'm sure the people who think Kramer's the best character are the sort of people that watch Rick and Morty and think that Rick's aspirational. They love Deadpool. Yeah. Animals, their favourite Muppet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're not wild men themselves. Mm. I think they're wild men. But they're like, someone just seeing them on the street would rate them like two out of ten wild men. Uh, I watched C. I've been getting trailers for that at the movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is Jason Momoa. Yeah. You know, initially you know the premise then. I didn't know the premise when mm. starting it. This idea of... Uh, oh, yeah, it lays it lays everything yeah. out very basically, yeah. That um, no one can see in this dystopian mm. future. Mm. Humanity's being wiped out, everything's sort of really tribal. Mm. Yeah, so all these action sequences between all these blind people. Uh, so it's quite clever, all the innovative ways they've looked at, well, how do you solve these problems? Mm. Um, so with all these ropes and bells and the way they spin around like hooks and blades on huge ropes mm. to try and catch people that are in front of them mm. um yeah it's quite tense in parts and it's got a wonderful performance by what is her name i want to say sylvia hoek she's played love in blade runner sequel who was the um one that was chasing him down with the that worked for jared leto and was getting her nails done on them. Oh, okay yeah but she's um playing this sort of mad queen who lives in a dam okay and um she's lost a ton of weight like she's sickly looking Mm. and shaved her head uh so she looks nothing like she does in blade runner and it's just somebody really really committing to uh, this thing uh and he's quite an interesting nemesis Mm. so yeah it's just quite good they were uh they're weekly episodes and i've cancelled my Apple Plus after Disney because they just after watching sorry Dickinson because they just seem to be nothing. Mm. Um, but then while I was waiting for Disney Plus, I did think oh, and I was sick for that weekend. I mm. thought, and I was playing Pokemon, so I watched uh, C and I watched the Morning Wars Morning Show, the one with Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. Mm. Uh, but again, they well, not all episodes were out, so I only watched five episodes of each. Um, but I, I probably will go back this week and, and catch the next ones before mm. my subscription runs out. So uh, that was all good. But on Disney Plus, my comfort food in the background is the X Men animated series from the nineties, mm. and that's been uh, full of some surprises actually. Like I thought it would be pretty unwatchable, and the animation's pretty ugly. And the voice acting, especially at the beginning, is really bad. But the scripts are quite ambitious. Mm. Like, Mm. when you think about those sorts of cartoons around that time, they actually are touching on a lot of stuff from the comics and aren't talking down. Like, Mm. the language that's used in there is... um, you know, you can imagine people now going, oh, kids aren't going to get this, or, you mm. know, we've got such an anti-intellectualism thing, but there's all these, like, Senate hearings, and and just the way as well that it is threaded together like a soap opera. Like, mm. stories don't just continue from each other. There are story threads that develop over multiple episodes, but aren't the main 
like, you know, the X-Men are doing an adventure and Magneto and Professor X are stuck in the Savage Land for about eight episodes and it just cuts to them occasionally. Mm. Or Beast gets arrested, like, really early on in the series and then decides, no, I'm not going to... I wanted to go through court. I want to do this properly. Mm. And remains there till the end of the season, pretty much. And then comes back and rejoins. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched it on Disney Plus yet, but about... And I haven't seen it for a very long time, but about 10 years ago or so, I bought all the DVDs and did watch a whole bunch of them. And yeah, I was really surprised because a lot of that stuff, I don't remember from watching it as a kid. And I don't think I would have picked up on a lot of it really either. No, I mean, I was older, but I don't I don't remember seeing five series worth. Mm. It was, so I'm on season three at the moment mm. and don't recall a lot of stuff. Mm. But uh, And the best thing as well is... They fucking hate each other. Mm. They're abusing each other constantly. And Wolverine is the biggest prick. Like, he's so angry all the time. And he's constantly disobeying... Like, you just really wonder why he's on the team. He constantly disobeys orders. He punches Cyclops. He yells at people and runs off. Mm. Like, every episode he runs out of shot yelling when they've asked him to do something. Mm. Uh, Wolverine was my absolute favourite kid. That's fantastic. It's so good. (laughs) And there's also this weird feeling, like, as you're trying to unravel his past, that he's got this crazy life beyond there. And there was something where I almost felt like he might have some angst about some male relationships. Mm. He really loves Morph. Mm-hmm. And Morph is the one that came in to basically be killed mm. in the first episode. Uh, and he looks 40 years older than everyone else. And he's wearing a dirty jacket and just looks a mess. He's the creepiest dude and has a creepy laugh. But mm. for some reason, Wolvie fucking loves Morph. Mm. And like that's why he punches Cyclops in the stomach because he thinks it's Cyclops' fault. And then he says stuff later on, like in other episodes, like, Morph, he was the only one that made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you go, oh yeah, they've got a past. There's something Mm. happening there. Mm. And then he does the same with, um, like, Alpha Flight, the Canadian team turn Mm -hmm. up. And they're basically like, Wolverine, you need to join us and we're going to make you forcibly rejoin us. And he's all, no, you can't make me. And like, yeah. But, yeah, they just keep coming for him. Mm. It's very strange. Uh, Jubilee's a boss. Love yes. it. And um, there's, there's been a couple of lines of dialogue which I thought were genuinely funny. Like, Jubilee gets captured and Wolverine tracks her down and yells at her, um, Do you know how much bubble gum I had to sniff to find you? And <laughs> when they go to um, the Mojo uh, dimension... Longshot hooks up with Spiral at the end. Spiral's got six mm-hmm. arms, and he's, mm-hmm. they're walking out, and he's got his arm around her. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, did I tell you I once dated a girl with two heads? And she goes, oh, was she nice? And he goes, yes and no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think they had a blast. Uh, my, uh... And someone gets called a peckerwood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was good too. Yeah. I haven't watched heaps of stuff on Disney Plus yet, but um, I did find the Jonas Brothers TV series, which I never watched back in the day. I don't think it was on TV here, but oh gosh, I'm enjoying that, and I did not expect to be. There is just so much wonderful trash on there. Mm. Like, there are so many things from childhood, and so many, like, 
you go into the Marvel section and there's all these Marvel cartoons that I never saw. Mm. And you think, I could be watching legitimate new big boy stuff. Mm. Or I could watch Spider-Woman. Yeah, mm. and, and it's tempting, mate. It's mm. going to... Um, mm. Like, I'm actually a bit embarrassed how into the Jonas Brothers TV show yeah. I am. Like, it's, it's actually a lot funnier and, like, genuinely funny than I thought it was going to be. And I can see why... Because the Jonas Brothers were never huge here. I can see why they were huge in America, because this show is very... is really good. You know, and, like, next, the high school musical, The Musical. Mm. Mm. Oh. And then watching actual High School Musical, so much. Have you gone onto their movie section and just looked at the list as a whole? <clears throat> not yet. I've been looking at the. I've been looking at the series. There's not actually that many series. There I are think. so many movies. Like, and as someone who grew up on that stuff, I'm going. Are they going to have the Shaggy DA? They have three Shaggy Dog movies. They have all the Herbie mm-hmm. movies. They just have everything mm. there. And now, of course, as well, because they're doing all these remakes, you can see, like, Pete's Dragon next to the live-action Pete's Dragon. Mm. It's just all there. I think Willow's on it. I haven't seen Willow in forever. No, I saw it for Book Was Better yeah. not that long ago, yeah. but it's uh, worth a look-see. Well, but there's rumours that we we're going to get a Willow series. Mm. Put that on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Especially, I mean... Oh, I wonder if they've got the Disney the Three Musketeers... They will have. The, like, the Chris O'Donnell one. Everything I mean, is on there. That so good. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go home and watch that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, love it, but um, that is the end to anybody's growth. Spiritual, intellectual, mm. or otherwise. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, like, there is so much on there, which in one way is great, because there's a lot of content, yeah. but on the other hand is a little bit, oh, Disney owns Everything. Yeah. And we're all just going to be curled up. <laughs> we're going to be one day. on that big Disney titty. We're going to be uh, eaten up by the big gelatinous cube that is Disney. If we're all sucking on the Disney titty, mm. what, do you, what character do you reckon it looks like? Or is it just like a Mickey Mouse with nine tits? No, it's just got to be like some big Okja sort of thing, right? It's yeah. just like a big cow thing. Surely, yeah, okay. surely. From Home on the Range? Disney's... <sighs> Uh, maligned cow movie which yeah maybe if people don't realise that one of Disney's animated features is called Home on the Range and is about cows and stars Roseanne Barr mm. now's your chance mm. to give it a watch no Song of the South though no for like fairly good reason yeah I would think although um, that's it I watched Lady and the Tramp you haven't watched it yet no but I do want to talk about this briefly okay so Disney obviously a lot of the old cartoons have like the racist crows in mm-hmm. Dumbo. Mm-hmm. In Lady and the Tramp, there's the Siamese cats mm-hmm. and then we are Siamese as you please. Mm-hmm. So they've got the cats, but they're not Siamese anymore and they've changed the song to make it more palatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've gone even further and made the couple who own the dogs an interracial couple with a mixed child. Mm-hmm. And a lot of her relatives come over. Mm-hmm. But it's set in 1909. Oh, okay. This is like pre-Rosa Parks. Mm. So Disney's now going the other way. Like, I think it's good they're erasing racist content from their movies, but mm. now they're erasing racism from history. Mm. I don't know, like, how, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, so I have no idea, but is it 
dealt with in a way that no, it, it not, doesn't even... Oh, no, it's not even a factor. Yeah. Um, which would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's set up... Um, it, it's presented exactly how it should be. Mm. But it wasn't in 1909, mm. you know? Like, you can't pretend that everything was all rosy. Well, you can, because it did, but, mm. yeah. Mm. How about that tramp, though? What a rascal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I reckon that's our lot. We, we, uh, I don't know what's coming up next. Are we going to see Frozen 2? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, I see that, like, the trailer looks good. Like, I wasn't that into the first one, but the songs are good. Like, I like a musical. Okay. Even if I'm not, like, super invested in the particular characters. I'm hearing even the Frozen fans saying that it's not as good. But, um... Oh, okay. But I don't think we've missed the... Disney movie at the cinema mm. for many years now, and yeah. uh, if I'm gonna watch it, I'd rather watch it on the big screen. Yeah. And I haven't had popcorn for a while, so mm. we should do that. All right, yeah. that sounds good. Uh, so yeah, we're back in business. Oh, and we're seeing Knives Out. Yes. Tomorrow, yes. seeing a preview of that, so uh, we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about. That's Ryan Johnson's new joint, first film after Last Jedi. So looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, so great to have you back. Mm. This is good. I hope to uh, improve in the coming weeks. My doctor did say that I was going to feel like shit for about a month, and I'm only about three and a half weeks in, so I uh, a little bit longer before I'm back to full speed, but uh, hopefully I'll be all good for Christmas. Mm. Well, that's my aim. This is episode 298. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very close to our 300th, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can go to fruitlesspursuits.com to find out everything we're doing, including um, Dungeons & Drongos, which will be back this week after my sickness. I'm recording that today as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, find links to our Patreon, our social media, all that uh, business. So uh, we'll always love to hear from you. And you can feed back on this and discuss uh, some of this stuff, some of the stuff we might have missed on the uh, Facebook discussion group, including the fact that I've been getting back into video games. Um, I've stopped playing them for a long time, but I- I've completed... Ready for this list? Borderlands 3, Outer Worlds, Star Wars Fallen Jedi, Pokemon Sword, and uh, God of War in the last uh, few weeks. And uh, I've really enjoyed uh, getting back. Mm. And uh, Star Wars Fallen Jedi was a lot of fun. Really dug that. Okay. Good stuff. Starring Archie from Archie. Starring uh, a guy that certainly looks like him. Actually, you know... Considering that I thought that he had potential to be a bit of a douche bro, yeah. he's a good character. He's quite endearing. Okay. And he's got a lovely relationship with his little droid. Okay. So, bless his cotton socks. Mm. Fallen Jedi. All right. Uh, that's your lot. Keep them titties dry. Tinkety tonk. 